Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, it's Andy McDonald's here. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Programme. Premier League, Saturday 3rd of November 2018. Arsenal v Liverpool. Kickoff 5.30pm. Contents. The manager. The captain. Voice of Arsenal. Player feature. Alexander Lacazette. The academy. On this day. Tales of the century. Match action. Crystal Palace v Arsenal. My story. Arsenal women. Visitors, Liverpool. Community, life at the top. Match action, Arsenal v Blackpool. My Arsenal, teams. Head coach, Unai Emery. Our head coach is looking for a big collective effort from the team today. Info, born Honda Arabia. Spain, November 3rd, 1971. Previous clubs as manager, Lorca Deportivo, Armiria, Valencia, Spartak Moscow, Sevilla and Paris Saint-Germain. We really had to work until the last minute on Wednesday night because Blackpool competed very well against us. Tactically, they impressed me and we needed lots of preparation to be ready. We were tuning it up and did a good position, controlling the match, but of course, the red card to Matteo Guendouzi affected the balance. Now we face Tottenham in the next round, and I know it's a game both clubs are really looking forward to. You love having these big games at home, and we will do everything to make you all proud and reach the next round. On the subject of big home games, we are all really looking forward to today's match. Liverpool have developed a lot in the last year. This is a very good opportunity for us to show that this can be our moment against a good team and a good coach. It's an important test, but I trust in our way. The result today is very important, but first, I want us to show everybody our best mentality in the game. I know if we have a very big mentality in the game and a very big performance individually and collectively, we can win. 
They have quality with individual players and also their collective and tactical capacity too. One is their transitions. Two is also that they are developing a lot with the goalkeeper. They build up with Allison, the centre-backs and the midfield players. They can progress on the pitch with a lot of quality, starting with Allison. And also they are dangerous when they are playing in the transition and attacking moments with very quick players like Mane, like Firmino and like Salah. We also need to have a big match in individual duels against them and also tactically. I think we need to be together and play with the capacity, identity and style and we need to impose on them. It's very difficult and not possible to impose our style in every moment. But in moments in the game, we need to impose our style, ideas and our quality with our players. This is the challenge for the 90 minutes. We have a lot of respect for Liverpool, but I think we can play against them with our performance and also with our spirit to show every supporter that we are here also. We have a good spirit and an excited group of players. Now is the time for us to write new history. The new history is in the present and also with our players, our quality and our capacity. I believe in my players and this project. We have started this project in a very positive way with what we are doing. With our mentality, we also need to improve things, but each match is giving us a lot of information for improvement and development. I trust in my players. Historically, they say... There are a lot of goals in matches between Arsenal and Liverpool and the most important thing for us is that every supporter can enjoy this match but we want to enjoy winning. For me it's very important that every day we continue improving. We want to create a new future here. We are at the beginning and we need a lot of time in the present and in the future. We think of each match. Today we have a chance to improve more things and to show every supporter our mentality, our ideas and our performance against a very big team. We want to write a new history here. I want to create a big history. From Emery Angle, Every Matchday programme we provide extra insight into the life and times of the head coach. Happy birthday boss! Unai celebrates his 47th birthday today and will be celebrating, hopefully, with an all-time Arsenal legend, Ian Wright. Wright, he turns 55 today. Speaking of great goal-getters, legendary German striker Gert Müller, 73, will also be blowing out the candles today. And another German, Adolf Dassler, was born on this day in 1900. Adolf was the founder of Arsenal kit supplier for next season, Adidas. Finally, on football, ex-Manchester United and Aston Villa striker Dwight York is a twin of sorts as he also celebrates his 47th birthday today. Away from football, how's this for an eclectic group of November 3rd celebrants? Lulu is 69, Roseanne Barr, 65, Adam Ant, 63... Colin Kaepernick, 31, and Kendall Jenner, 23. Happy birthdays. Happy birthday.
the captain, Laurent Koscielny. Info, born to France, September the 10th, 1985. Joined Arsenal from Lorient on July the 2nd, 2010. Previous clubs, Goncamp, Tour, Lorient. Arsenal debut versus Liverpool. Away, league, August the 15th, 2010, drew 1-1. First Arsenal goal versus Bolton Wanderers at home, league, September the 11th, 2010, 1-4-1. Arsenal honours, FA Cup winner 2014, 2015, 2017, Community Shield winner 2014, 2015. The captain assesses our performance against Blackpool and believes we are in great shape for today's challenge. Laurent was speaking to Julian Lawrence. The week has been good so far, with a solid win against Blackpool in the Carabao Cup on Wednesday night. We knew that it was not going to be an easy game. It never is with a cup game. The manager rotated the team and started with some youngsters like Julio Plegozuelo and Emil Smith-Rowe, as well as Carl Jenkinson, who made his return to the first team. It was a great opportunity for those players who haven't played much so far, and they took their chance very well. Emil, for example, is very interesting every time he plays. He has had some game time this season so far in the Cups, and he has showed what great potential he has. For Julio, it was different, because it was his first ever game with the first team, but he dealt with it so well. He has a similar profile to mine. He is not the tallest or strongest, but he reads the game well, anticipates, and he is good on the ball. He had a good debut. He is listening and learning quickly as well. The game on Wednesday showed us what a great job the academy is doing. There is so much talent in there, and the coaches are developing the talent so well. Pear, Freddie, and everyone else are doing such a great job, and there is plenty more to come. It is part of Arsenal's DNA to rely on our academy and our young players and, trust me, it is not easy to produce talented players. But we are able to do that and it is great both for now and for the future. I can see when the younger ones are coming to train or play with us, they are not just very good but also very respectful, hard-working and eager to get their chance. And they are not disappointing when they do get it. I'm also very pleased for Carl. He had a good game at left-back, which is not his natural position, and seeing him back with the first team was great. He is a good guy, always in a good mood, a good pro and a good teammate. He was unlucky with his injury in August, but he has worked very hard to come back to his best level, and he showed that on Wednesday. We had a new goal-scorer this season in Stefan. Everyone is scoring this year. It shows that the danger comes from everywhere in our team. But the game on Wednesday also showed, and I mentioned it last month in one of my notes, that everyone is committed and involved this season. We have a squad of 27 players, and each one of us will have a role to play in delivering a great season for Arsenal Football Club. We all have a responsibility and a part to play in the season, and we have a great team spirit because everyone has realised this. The only thing that hampered Wednesday's win is the red card for Matteo. It is part of his learning curve and he will learn a lot from it. He could have avoided it, but he has so much energy and wants to do so well for the team that he overcommitted himself at a time where we had the game under control.
Now that we play Liverpool today, it obviously reminds me of my first ever game with Arsenal at Anfield in August 2010, which ended with my first red card too. I wish things had been different that day, but it is still a positive memory for me. I have always loved playing against Liverpool. The atmosphere is always great, whether it is at the Emirates or at Anfield, and there are always a lot of goals. We have lost there, we have beaten them here. I loved Aaron's half-volley against them in November 2013 at the Emirates. They have a great squad this season. Their front three is obviously their biggest asset, and they complement each other so well. We can't leave them any space today, particularly in between our lines for them to exploit. We will have to be very focused, solid defensively and disciplined tactically. Defensively, they have improved too with Van Dijk and Allison coming in. It is a big test for us today. After the losses against Manchester City and Chelsea at the start of the season, we have put a great run of results together and we need to show today that we have learned a lot in the last three months and that we can compete with Liverpool. I have a good feeling about this game. I know all of you in the stadium will be really up for it and the atmosphere will be great. We have confidence and great momentum. I believe we have improved tactically, technically and in our style of play since the defeat against Chelsea. Now it is time to show it. Voice of Arsenal Our thoughts are with Leicester. The football world was rocked on Saturday when a helicopter carrying Leicester City owner and chairman Vishay Srivadhana Prabha crashed shortly after taking off from the club's King Power Stadium. All five passengers on board tragically passed away and everyone at Arsenal sends their deepest condolences to their families, friends, loved ones and everybody associated with Leicester City Football Club. The players are wearing black armbands as a mark of respect tonight and there will be a period of silence before the match for fans of both clubs to unite and remember the victims of this tragic event. North London Derby in the Carabao Cup Our reward for beating Blackpool on Wednesday night is a home meeting with Tottenham Hotspur in the quarter-final of the Carabao Cup. We beat Blackpool 2-1 thanks to goals from Stefan Licksteiner and Emil Smith-Rowe to set up a North London derby in the last eight of the competition. The tie is due to be played at Emirates Stadium in the week commencing December 17th. Our last meeting with Tottenham in the League Cup came in September 2015 when a Matthew Flamini brace saw us record a 2-1 win at White Hart Lane. Stay close to Arsenal.com for a confirmed date for the fixture as well as ticketing information. Our number 12 is our number 14. Congratulations to Stefan Licksteiner, who became the 14th different player to score for us just 15 games into this season. Stefan, who gave us the lead with his first Arsenal goal in the 2-1 Carabao Cup win over Blackpool, joins Henrik Mkhitaryan, Alex Iwobi, Nacho Monreal, Danny Welbeck, 
Shakodra Mustafi, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, Alexandre Lacazette, Granit Zaka, Mesut Ozil, Socrates, Emil Smith Rowe, Matteo Guendouzi, and Aaron Ramsey on the score sheet in 2018-19. Finn Bonus, a warm welcome to Finn McFarlane, who arrived in the world on the eve of our last Premier League match at Emirates against Leicester City. Born ahead of schedule, Finn was obviously keen to witness his first Mesut masterclass. Congratulations to proud parents Stuart and Katie, the club's chief photographer and product manager from everyone here at Arsenal. Bag it in every domestic programme this season, kit partner Puma is giving away this classy Arsenal shoulder bag. Just answer this question to be in with a chance of winning. What was the score in last season's home match against Liverpool? Email your answer, including your name and address, to program at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at Arsenal Magazine. All entries to us by Friday, November 9th, please. One entry per person. Alba up for Premier League awards. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has been nominated for two Premier League awards for his performances in October. Albert is up for the Player of the Month award, having scored five times in our league fixtures throughout the month. During that time, the Gabon International has averaged a Premier League goal every 28 minutes and 48 seconds. Obama Yang is also in contention to win the Goal of the Month prize for his second goal in our 3-1 win over Leicester City. Voting for the awards will close on Monday, with the winners announced next Friday. No Matteo tonight, after Matteo Guendouzi was sent off against Blackpool on Wednesday night, there was some confusion as to what competition he would be suspended for. To clarify, any player receiving two yellow cards, equaling a red card, in a domestic game will miss the next first team match. This applies to the Premier League, Carabao Cup and FA Cup. That means Matteo will be suspended for today's game. £25,000 donated to Indonesia Tsunami Appeal. The Arsenal Foundation has donated £25,000 in support of Save the Children's Indonesia Tsunami Appeal. A devastating tsunami with waves up to 6 metres high was triggered by a powerful 7.4 magnitude earthquake in Sulawesi, Indonesia last month. Since then, more than 2,000 people have been reported dead and sadly, the death toll is still likely to rise. Of those who have survived, 200,000 need urgent humanitarian assistance and a quarter of them are children. The Arsenal Foundation's donation of £25,000 has supported the distribution of tents, tarpaulins and blankets as well as essential hygiene items to those survivors. It has also helped to identify and reunite children who have been separated from their families and set up safe spaces where they can recover, play and receive emotional support. You too can make a difference by donating to Save the Children's Indonesia Tsunami Appeal. Visit www.savethechildren.org.uk for further information, just £10 could provide a basic hygiene kit to families affected, while £28 could send two children 
to one of Save the Children's friendly spaces to help them recover from this traumatic experience. Welcome Malcolm, we'd like to welcome Malcolm Clark tonight. Malcolm, a member of our New Zealand Supporters Club, has been watching Arsenal matches since the 1960s and once actually trained at Highbury on a non-match day back in 1967, scoring by kicking a ball from the sideline into the goal, much to the chagrin of the security officer on duty at the time. 50 years on, we hope you enjoy the game, Malcolm. Vote for your goal and player of the month. We scored 16 goals over the course of October, and now we'd like you to vote for your favourite. Was our best strike of the month Aaron Ramsey's clever flick at Fulham, following a flowing move upfield? Or what about Mesut Ozil's pinpoint finish against Leicester City? How about Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang capping a fine team move in the same game? Or maybe Granite Zarka's unstoppable free kick at Crystal Palace gets your vote. It's also your chance to vote for your Player of the Month for October, and you could even win the chance to present the award. Aubameyang, Ozil, Lacazette and Bellerin are all nominated. So make sure you visit arsenal.com to cast your vote. Premier League Stats 2018-19 Passes Granite Zarka 760 Shikoja Mustafi 607 Lucas Torreira 475 Hector Bellerin 429 Matteo Guendouzi 370 Clearances Shikoja Mustafi 70 Socrates and Hector Bellerin both 27 Rob Holding 21 Nacho Monreal 20 Granit Zarka 17. Crosses, Granit Zarka 32. Hector Bellerin 27. Nacho Monreal 15. Henrik Mkhitaryan 13. Pierre Emerick Aubameyang 9. Shots, Alexandre Lacazette 21. Pierre Emerick Aubameyang 15. Granit Zarka 10. Henrik Mkhitaryan, Aaron Ramsey, and Shikoja Mustafi all on 8. Nacho Monreal, Hector Bellerin, both five. Above and beyond, congratulations to Nina Christova, who went above and beyond with her programme selling skills against Leicester City recently. Nina deservedly won a Puma Holdall, and we'd like to thank her for her sterling efforts on the evening. If you think one of our programme sellers has gone above and beyond, please let us know by emailing programme at arsenal.co.uk. Report it. Anti-Semitic and discriminatory chanting of all kinds is offensive to home and away supporters alike and will not be tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive chanting at the match, you can report it to a matchday steward or use our See Something, Say Something service by texting FOUL to 67777 together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our supporters and wider community. Thank you for your support and enjoy the game. Ref Watch, Andre Mariner. Today's referee is Andre Mariner from the West Midlands. A hugely experienced official, Mr Mariner has officiated in the Premier League since 2005 and has taken charge of 16 of our games since the start of the 2014-15 season although tonight's is his first of the current campaign. Here are recent record with him in charge. 2017-18, 
Stoke City 1, Arsenal 0 in the Premier League. Arsenal 1, Manchester United 3 in the Premier League, 3 yellow cards. Arsenal 0, Manchester City 3 in the Premier League, 1 yellow card. Arsenal 3, Southampton 2 in the Premier League, 2 yellow cards and 1 red card. Arsenal 5, Burnley 0 in the Premier League. 2016-17, Manchester United 1, Arsenal 1 in the Premier League, 3 yellow cards. Arsenal 2, Crystal Palace 0 in the Premier League, 1 yellow card. Arsenal 1, Watford 2 in the Premier League, 3 yellow cards. Arsenal 2, Man City 2 in the League Cup, 3 yellow cards. Arsenal 2, Manchester United 0 in the Premier League, 1 yellow card. 2015-16, Newcastle United 0, Arsenal 1 in the Premier League, 1 yellow card. Tottenham Hotspur 1, Arsenal 2. In the League Cup, three yellow cards. Arsenal 2, Man City 1 in the Premier League. Arsenal 1, Watford 2 in the FA Cup, one yellow card. 2014-15, Arsenal 1, Southampton 0 in the Premier League. Arsenal 2, Everton 0 in the Premier League, two yellow cards. Overall, played 16 one nine, drawn two, lost five, goals four twenty six, goals against eighteen, Arsenal yellow cards twenty four, Arsenal red cards one. Player interview: Alexander Lacazette. Words by Nick Brumsack. Alex Lacazette is pretty pleased right now, and with good reason. After a superb September in which he won both our Player of the Month and Goal of the Month awards, our number nine continued his encouraging start to the season by sitting up Matteo against Carabag in a brace against Fulham during the course of October. In all competitions, Laka has combined eight goals and assists in 13 matches so far in 2018-2019. The secret to that fine form is simple. The forward is feeling right at home in his second season as an Arsenal player. I feel well, he tells us. I've played a lot of games and I've helped the team with some goals and assists too. In training, I feel good. I feel confident. There's a good feeling here with the staff and with my teammates too, so I'm happy with the start of the season. Winning the Player of the Month award was nice because it pleases me that fans voted for me to win. That gives me a lot of confidence and I hope it won't be the last time I win it this season. I won the Goal of the Month award too, with what was probably my favourite so far this season. It hit the post first and you could see all the crowd behind the ball. It was a hard game for us against Everton and that goal helped us to feel better in the game too, so that was a nice one. It gives you a really good feeling to score a goal like that. The coaches help us a lot when we practice in training and the keepers do too. People don't talk about them too much but every day they give 100% to help us. For us it's beneficial to have keepers who really give their all to stop you scoring in training because it means when you beat them you're happy. When you're feeling really confident, you notice it from your feeling on the pitch too. If I'm happy, I know I'm in form. I'm 27 now and I think I know my body better than I did before too. Perhaps Lekker's best performance of the season so far coincided with an excellent second-half team display at Fulham. A showing widely regarded as our best under Unai Emery so far, and capped by Aaron Ramsey, finishing a stunning team move. 
When I was on the pitch, I didn't realise how beautiful the goal was, Lekka says. At the time, I didn't realise it was a great goal. But when I saw it on Instagram after the game, I noticed how beautiful it was. I was involved in it too, so I was happy. It's nice when people take notice of those kinds of goals. The movement and the passing was so good. It was about all the team, not just about Aaron, whose finish was so special. In the second half against Fulham, everyone played well and different players were able to score. The players who came off the bench made a big impact too, so at the end of the game, everyone was happy going into the international break. When we win like that, it feels very good. We need only to view one of Lacker's Instagram stories to see just how settled the striker is feeling in North London. Usually you'll spot Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang too. Some voices in the press questioned if their styles would clash when the Gabonese arrived at Arsenal in January. The reality is, however, that the pair get on very well, both on the pitch and off it. But is there any competition surrounding who scores most goals? No, there really isn't, Laka says. We just want to help the team to score and go forward. We want to win trophies this season and make sure we get into the Champions League next season, so we know we need to score a lot of goals to help the team reach the top. Uber and I get on well, but it's not just with him that I have good understanding. I really enjoy playing in this team and with this group of players. Mathieu came over from France in the summer and we spend a lot of time with him. He's young and maybe when we signed he didn't know too much about the professional life at a big club, so we had to help him with some things. It's nice because he's happy to learn, he listens and we always have fun together. His English is improving too. He needs to gain some more confidence though because he knows the words but he doesn't really want to speak the language too much. Laka has either scored or assisted in our first matches of both September and October and is naturally keen to keep that run going this evening. He's likely to come up against former teammate Dejan Leverne tonight, who our number nine knows well from when they played together at Lacquer's hometown, Lyon. He's a nice guy and a good player as well. I know that he wanted to play in the Premier League at some point, then he went to Southampton and from there to Liverpool. They're an attacking team and you can tell there's a good atmosphere in their squad. They've got a very good squad too. And you notice in games that when their subs come on, they really add something. But this is a big game and a big chance for us to impose ourselves. In last season's home match against them, we were unstoppable for a time in the second half. We scored three goals in five minutes and I remember how electric the atmosphere was in the stadium. Hopefully the fans can make just as much noise tonight and we can get the win to make us all happy at full time. We will give everything for that. Facts. Born, Lyon, France, May 28th, 1991. Joined Arsenal from Lyon on July 5th, 2017. Arsenal debut v Chelsea, Community Shield, August 6th, 2017. Drew 1-1, 1-1 penalties. First goal v Leicester City, Premier League, August 11th, 2017. 1-4-3. France caps, 16, 3 goals. Arsenal Academy Stars of the future Young Gun, Alfie Matthews, Zeke and Pleggy making their mark Match reports, no winners at Cheltenham Remembering Sanchez Watt In every programme we take an in-depth look at the Arsenal youth teams Profiling our young guns and bringing you all the latest news and match reports Young Gun, Alfie Matthews Born Goodmays, September 30th, 2001. Height and weight, 5'11", 75 kilograms. Joined as an under-8. Position, striker, boots, Nike, Mercurial, school, TTC. 
For the past five seasons, I've played as a striker, but before that, I played pretty much everywhere. I joined when I was seven, playing left midfield. Since then, I've played in central midfield, full-back and centre-back before eventually settling as a striker. The club likes to have every player gain experience in various positions, but once I went to striker and scored a lot of goals there, that's where the coaches decided I should stay. I can play as a Giroud-style forward, but also play off the lead striker too. I'm quite adaptable. I was spotted as an under-8 playing for my Sunday league team Dagenham. Arsenal approached my dad, but I was on trial with a few clubs, one of which was West Ham, who were the team I supported. West Ham said that I wasn't for them, but Arsenal were keen to sign me. My first game for the Gunners then turned out to be against West Ham, and I have to admit that I did enjoy scoring my first goal for Arsenal against the Hammers. A career highlight was scoring on my debut for the England under-16s when we beat Romania 3-1. I was so proud and now have six caps. I was unfortunate to break my arm twice, which put me out for a lot of last season. I did an extra couple of weeks of fitness work at the beginning of the season and I'm now at the levels I should be. I'm featuring more for the under-18s and I hope to be starting more matches. My target is to start every game. Hopefully, that will then also put me in contention for further England call-ups, which is an added motivator for me. It's the pride of playing for my country, but also I want to play all the time, and I don't like the international break if I'm not away with England. Not being there feels like I'm missing out. There is a good standard in the under-18s. We now have Greg Lincoln as assistant to Ken Gillard, and there's a feeling that we can keep progressing. I've known Greg for a few years because he was our coach at Hale End and he's also friends with my uncle, Greg Oates, who played with him when they were Arsenal youth players. Greg is full of enthusiasm and good advice and works very well with Ken. There is a real buzz in training. I feel very positive about the future and a big part of that is that I feel everything is right for me off the pitch and so I can concentrate on it. I'm in digs with Ryan Alibiosu, who's been like a brother to me, and Sam Greenwood, who joined the club this summer, and he is a good lad. We support each other, and our landlady Rachel is like a mum to us all. Without her, there are times that would have been more difficult for all of us. I feel the first team can claim a Champions League place this season, which would be great for the club and the youth teams too. When the first team are in the Champions League, we play in the UEFA Youth League and that gives us an opportunity to play against different teams and styles. Q&A. Who got you into playing football? My dad. What's your first memory of football? Playing with my dad in the hallway. Which team did you support as a child? West Ham. What's the best goal of all time? Paolo Di Canio's scissor kick versus Wimbledon. Who's the best player in the world right now? Cristiano Ronaldo. Best moment of your career so far? Scoring on my England debut. Another sport I'm good at is table tennis. Favourite training drill? Finishing. Teammates. Who will definitely make it? Arthur Okonkwo. Who's got the best ball skills? Matthew Dennis. Who's got the best passing range? Me. 
Who would you trust the most with a penalty? Bakoyo Saka. Who's the best singer? Ryan Alibiosu. Who is captain material? Tom Smith. Who's the funniest? Ryan. Who is the strongest? Vonte Daly Campbell. Info. Phone. iPhone X. Favourite footballer? Cristiano Ronaldo. The best trophy to win in football is the Champions League. Fave console? PS4. The best social media platform is Instagram. AlfieMatthews.85. Favourite TV series? Power. Favourite musician? Drake. Ideal holiday destination is Dubai. Best film I've seen recently, US Marshall. On my off days, I usually chill with family. The player I look up to most is Mesut Ozil. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Premier League 2, Friday, October 26th, Landor Training Centre. Swansea City under 23s one. Arsenal under 23s one. Swansea City scorer Cooper in the 41st minute. Gilmore for Arsenal in the 77th minute. Arsenal lineup: Iliev, Plegwazelo, captain. Thompson, Gilmore, Ballard, substitutes 46th minute. Medley, Maitland-Niles, substitutes 67th minute. Smith, Enkatia, Olienka, Coyle, substitutes 80th minute. Subs, Oconquo. Sheaf brought on 46th minute. Bramwell. Torme brought on 80th minute. Sarka brought on 67th minute. Maitland-Niles makes his return from injury. The hosts open the scoring from a set piece. 
Gilmore equalises with a deflected strike. The under-23s extended their unbeaten run to eight Premier League two fixtures against Swansea City after fighting back from going a goal down. The young gunners started on the front foot and enjoyed most of the possession in the opening stages, but it was the hosts who had the first sight of goal. Botti Biabi tried his luck from the edge of the box, following a powerful run, before Zeke Medley made a vital interception just moments later to deny his goal-bound effort. We regained control of the game and played some intricate football on the edge of the Swansea box, but we couldn't break them down, and just four minutes before half-time, Brandon Cooper opened the scoring. Tyler Reed delivered a lofted cross to the back post, forcing a goalmouth scramble, and Cooper was there to finish from inside the six-yard box. Moments later, Biabi had a golden opportunity to double the host lead, but Dejan Ilyev was quick to react and push his drive to safety. Following the break, we increased our attack intensity and carved open a handful of promising chances. Trey Coyle's low effort was saved by Stephen Bender before Eddie Enkatia was denied twice in quick succession from inside the area. Freddie Jungberg would have been frustrated when Ben Sheaf's powerful header sailed wide of the post, but with just over 10 minutes remaining, the Gunners finally got on the score sheet. Charlie Gilmore, who delivered a dominant performance in the middle of the park, tried his luck from 20 yards and watched as his drive took a fortunate deflection and trickled into the bottom corner. It was end-to-end football in the closing stages as both teams pushed for a winner, but neither side could carve open one last golden opportunity. We dominated the game and started really well in the first 20 minutes. Played out and played through them quite well, but then we got a bit sloppy and maybe thought it would be a bit easy, said Jungberg. The boys showed a great reaction after my half-time team talk and they got into some good positions, but unfortunately they were hacked down a few times when we thought we would maybe score a goal. We always want to win the games we play, especially when you look at how much we dominated it. But when your breaks often become free kicks, it's hard to pick up the momentum that we need. Maitland-Niles played well, and of course he was a little rusty because he hasn't played football for a long time, but that's why he was in the game today. So he could get ready, feel it and keep up with the tempo in the game. So it was nice to have him here. Jacka Trade Trophy, Tuesday, October 30th, Johnny Rock Stadium. Cheltenham Town, 6. Arsenal Under-21s, 2. Cheltenham Town Scorers, Clements in the 8th minute, Boyle in the 32nd minute, Maddox in the 48th and 51st minute, Mooney in the 84th minute, and Broome in the 90th minute. Arsenal Under-21 Scorers, John Jules in the 34th minute, and Gilmore with a 66th minute penalty. Arsenal lineup: Iliev, Sheaf, captain, substituted 28th minute. Ballard, Medley, substituted 19th minute. Bowler, substituted 63rd minute. Gilmore, Olayinka, Burton, Sarka, Coyle, John Jules. Subs, Hine, Thompson, Bramall, brought on 90th minute. Zalanum brought on 63rd minute, Smith brought on 28th minute, Torme 
Balogan. Burton sent off for professional foul. John Jules impresses as the lone forward. Gilmore scores in back-to-back games. Tyrese, John Jules and Charlie Gilmore found the back of the net as the under-21s slipped to a 6-2 defeat against Cheltenham Town in the Checker Trade Trophy. This is only Freddie Jungberg's second defeat since returning to the club in June. The game's first chance fell to the hosts when Liam McAllinden robbed Ben Sheaf and fired at goal, but Dayan Ilyev was quick off his line to make a fine save down to his right. Moments later, however, Robbie Burton brought down Jacob Maddox in a dangerous position on the edge of the box, and the referee showed the young Welshman a straight red card. Chris Clements fired the resulting free kick into the top right corner. John Jewell's goal-bound effort was then turned behind for a corner before Daniel Ballard made a stunning goal-line clearance to deny McAllinden. But on the half-hour mark, the host doubled their advantage through William Boyle, who found the back of the net with a thumping header at the far post. We eventually calmed our nerves, though, and following a spell of promising play, clawed one back through a blistering counter-attack. John Jules raced through on goal and rounded Scott Flinders before slotting the ball into an empty net. We finished the half as the stronger of the two sides, but the opening exchanges of the second proved to be pivotal. Jacob Maddox instantly found space behind our defence and slotted the ball under Ilyev, and three minutes later grabbed his second of the evening with a powerful header into the top left corner. Once again, though, we wrestled back control of the game and following a slick passing move, Flinders brought down John Jules inside the box. The referee pointed to the spot and Gilmore made no mistake from 12 yards. However, as we entered the final 10 minutes, the hosts were back on top. Kelsey Mooney curled the ball into the top corner from a tight angle before Ryan Broom rounded off the scoring with a powerful effort into the top left corner. We were a bit naive, and that's why we play this tournament, for us to learn, said Jungberg after the final whistle. We lost the ball a little bit in the beginning, while we were playing out from the back, and that's what we have to learn from. I told the boys that if they're on you like that, then maybe you need to change the way you do things and be intelligent. I still think we're the better football players, so we should have been able to play the ball out. But you have to see the options, and what they're doing, and react. To be able to dominate possession at times with one man less is a good thing, but the score sheet doesn't lie. We lost, clearly. It was certainly a difficult evening for our youngsters, but that didn't stop 17-year-old John Jules from delivering a promising performance in attack. When you go down to 10 men, you've got to work so much harder for the team, said John Jules. As the lone striker, you've got to hold up the ball, so it was really tough against three centre-backs. But it was certainly a good experience for me. Now I just want to keep my place in the team, keep performing well and continue scoring goals. Follow at Arsenal Academy. Interested in the Arsenal Academy? Good news. We've launched a dedicated Twitter account charting the progress of our young gunners. Comprehensive match coverage, special features and behind-the-scenes content will bring you closer to our development squads than ever before and will make sure you're always updated on goings-on 
from a Hale End and London Colney. The account launched in time for last Tuesday's Checker Trade Trophy match at Cheltenham Town, so make sure you follow at Arsenal Academy to keep on top of all the latest news. New dates for the diary, further to Liverpool FC's participation in the UEFA Youth League, our Premier League 2 fixture has been rescheduled as following. Liverpool v Arsenal, Saturday, December 8th, originally Sunday, December 9th, kick-off 3pm, Liverpool FC Academy. We can also confirm that the venue for our Premier League 2 fixture against Derby County on November 26th will be Loughborough University Stadium. Winner takes it all. As you would have read, the Arsenal under-21s endured a difficult night at Cheltenham Town earlier in the week. But all is not lost. If Freddie Jungberg's team can beat Forest Green Rovers on Wednesday night, they will qualify for the knockout stages of the competition. It's not going to be easy for Jungberg's team, whereas Cheltenham was second from bottom of League 2, Forest Green are flying high in sixth position in the league, in just their second season in league football, and have already beaten Cheltenham 4-0 in the competition. Central to our plans. Congratulations to Zeke Medley, who was named on the bench for the first team's home win over Leicester City recently. The 18-year-old, whose squad number is 47, is a boyhood Arsenal fan and joined us from Arsenal midway through the 2016-17 season. He's since become a regular at under-23's level. And well done to Julio Plegwazelo, who made his first team debut on Wednesday night and produced an accomplished performance against Blackpool in central defence. Look out for a feature-length interview with Pleggy, who joined the academy in the summer of 2013, in Thursday's programme against Sporting, when he discusses his Arsenal career and joy at making that first appearance for the first team. The academy alumni, Sanchez Watts, tracking down a former academy player, as they make their mark elsewhere in professional football. Back in May 2009, Sanchez Watt scored in both legs of our FA Youth Cup final win over Liverpool. He came off the bench in the 17th minute and netted our third goal in a 4-1 first leg win before opening the scoring in the return fixture after being handed a start. Watt joined the Arsenal Academy at the age of seven from famous Sunday league side Senrab FC and in the summer of 2008 he signed his first professional contract with the club. He was a key member of our 2008-2009 under-18s double winning team. And on September 22, 2009 he marked his senior debut by scoring the opening goal in a 2-0 League Cup win over West Bromwich Albion. He became the 85th debut goalscorer for the club and was the last player to do it before Sead Kolesilac in August 2017. Watts was sent on a series of loan spells at clubs including Southend, Leeds, Sheffield Wednesday, Crawley and Colchester before leaving for the U's in the summer of 2013. The skilful forwards became an integral part of their side making 44 appearances and scoring six times over two seasons. He's since played for Kerala Blasters, Crawley Town and Billericay Town, 
but currently plies his trade for Hemel Hempstead Town in the National League South. One hundred consecutive years in the top flight. On this day, First Division, Saturday, November the third, nineteen sixty-two. Blackburn Rovers versus Arsenal. Blackburn Rovers five, Arsenal five. They simply don't make matches like this anymore, which is probably a good thing if you're of a nervous disposition. If anything, the scoreline doesn't do the game justice, because Billy Wright's gunners were on the back foot as the hosts raced into an early 3-0 lead. Thankfully, goals from Alan Skirton and Joe Baker reduced the arrears, and with Arsenal going into half-time 3-2 down, they had at least established a foothold in a game that had threatened to run away from them. In fact, thoughts may have turned to an unlikely victory when Skirton headed the visitors' level early in the second half, only for Blackburn to score a fourth. Baker fired the Gunners' level again, but the home fans were convinced they had finally secured the points when the hosts went 5-4 up late on. Still, Arsenal weren't done, however, and salvaged a point when George Eastham smashed home an equaliser with virtually the last kick of the match. Incredibly, it's not even as if this roller coaster of a game was a one off, because just one week earlier the Gunners had beaten Wolves 5 4 at Highbury, with Baker scoring a hat trick and Eastham the other two. And two weeks before that, Arsenal had drawn 4 4 at White Hart Lane. The Gunners, in truth, had been having a hard time of it under new manager Wright in 1962 63. The win over Wolves had ended a run in which they had won just one in 11, a sequence that included four straight defeats in September. They sat 15th in the table, albeit with a game in hand, before the game against Blackburn, who, to be fair, weren't doing a whole lot better in 13th, one point ahead of us. Joe Baker's goals were at least one, possibly the only highlight of the campaign. His double in the 5-5 draw meant he had scored 6 in 3 and 13 in 12 games. He would end the campaign with 29 in 39 league matches. Arsenal would recover to finish a disappointing 7th, but that was at least an improvement on 15th, and you certainly couldn't accuse Billy Wright's team of being boring. Tales of the Century Defining Seasons 1988-1989 100 consecutive years in the top flight Built from the back, the road to Anfield, 89 Arsenal historian John Sperling selects 19 defining seasons and events from the Gunners' 100 years at the top Arsenal had invariably been swatted away like flies throughout the 1980s whenever they faced Liverpool in their own city. Liverpool cruised to the title in 1988, losing just two matches all season. One of their standout performances was an almost effortless 2-0 win over Arsenal at Anfield in January 1988 with John Barnes, the tormentor-in-chief, Yet less than 18 months later, Graham's team somehow stormed Fortress Anfield 
and brought the title to N5 for the first time in 18 years. Arsenal knocked Liverpool off their perch in the most traumatic of circumstances, thanks largely to the meticulous planning of their manager. An apocryphal story has circulated that, as George Graham relentlessly drilled his defenders during the late 1980s, he brought a long piece of rope to training sessions and insisted that Tony Adams, Steve Bold, Lee Dixon and Nigel Winterburn and David O'Leary tie themselves together and operate in formation across the width of the pitch. In actual fact, Graham merely suggested the defenders imagine that you are connected by a piece of rope. Yet, metaphorically at least, the rope tail has more than a ring of truth about it. The four amigos often appeared bound at the hip and telepathically connected. It became a running joke among the others, recalled Steve Bold. George always worked separately with the defence, every day. Graham strutted around the pitch, extending his arms to full length, reminding his charges, My shoulders are the centre-backs and my cupped hands are the full-backs. You must hold the line. The quartet first appeared as a unit against Wimbledon on the opening day of the 1988-89 season. Tony Adams blamed Steve Bold for giving away the Don's goal as John Fashionu gave his side the lead before Arsenal steamrolled the Plough Lane side and ran out 5-1 winners. But all the pieces were now slotted into place. Bold and Adams were in the centre and with left-back Kenny Sansom sold and right-back Michael Thomas converted into a central midfielder, Dixon and Winterburn could take up their allotted full-back positions. Midfielders Thomas and David Rowcastle squeezed the life out of opponents. No team harried, pressured or closed down better than Arsenal. They were very much lived by the code of the era. At a time when a striker could be judged offside for being level with the last defender, the gunner's defence sprung its offside trap like a finely tuned machine. Arms aloft, imploring officials to make the right decision. Defenders took the man and the board in the 1980s and Adams and Bold did so with gusto. Dixon preferred to jockey players out of position while Winterburn made short, snappy tackles. The back four flourished in 1988-89, grinding out narrow victories at home on a frequently dreadful Highbury pitch. Away from home, the team played lightning fast on the counter-attack and racked up big wins against, among others, Nottingham Forest 4-1, West Ham 4-1 and Southampton 3-1. The defence took it as a personal affront if the opposition scored, George would conduct an inquest if we let one in, recalled Winterburn. As the season reached its zenith, Graham opted to switch formation and played the back three, with O'Leary alongside Bold and Adams and Dixon and Winterburn acting as flying wing-backs. The tactical alteration worked perfectly at Anfield in May 1989. Graham had a clear plan of how his team would deal with the threat of John Barnes and emphasised that it was the entire team's job to defend. Perry Groves recalled, The strikers, Alan Smith and Paul Merson, also had a defensive role to play. George spent a long time on the training pitch getting Smudger 
to operate between the right back and the right centre half, and Merce to work between the left back and the left centre back. And as for the threat of John Barnes, he'd tell us that on no account should we allow Barnes to go down the outside. That way he'd skip past you and the entire pitch would open up because he could kill defenders with his pace. We were told to jockey him inside. So, if we got past Lee Dixon, who was always excellent at closing Barnes down, then Rocky or Tony Adams would deal with him next. You knew that on most occasions, someone would be waiting for him. All season, the fullbacks had been instructed to deliver long passes onto the heads of the forwards, and it was Dixon's finely crafted ball to Smith that began the move for Thomas to score the dramatic late goal that gave Arsenal the decisive 2-0 win. Adams explained, It was a triumph for us and a triumph for George's defensive coaching because, as he said, it was everyone's job in the team to defend, not just ours. We had to be an interlocking hole and we saw how our hard work finally paid off at Anfield. Match Action Sunday, October 28th, 2018, 1.30pm, Selhurst Park, Premier League, attendance 25,718, away fans 3,000, Crystal Palace 2, Arsenal 2. Match stats for Crystal Palace, total shots 16, shots on target 3, corners 6, offsides 2, fouls 10. Possession, 42%. Match stats for Arsenal. Total shots, 7. Shots on target, 2. Corners, 4. Offsides, 0. Fouls, 16. Possession, 58%. First half. Once again, Unite Emery's team struggled to get going in the first half, and once again they were punished for it. The hosts were awarded a penalty in stoppage time when Shkodra and Mustafi brought down Sheko Kowati in the box and Luka Milivojevic made no mistake from 12 yards. Second half. The Gunners weren't behind for long and began the now-traditional second-half fight back when Granite Xhaka stepped up to fire a vicious free kick into the roof of the net from just outside the corner of the penalty area. There were 51 minutes on the clock and five minutes later Arsenal went ahead in controversial fashion. It wasn't that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's far post finish hadn't crossed the line. VAR confirmed it had by just 9mm, but that Alexander Lacazette appeared to handle the ball as it came into the box from a corner on the right. Palace went on the attack and were handed an opportunity to equalise inside the last 10 minutes when left-back Xhaka was adjudged to have tripped Wilfred Zaha. Milivojevic stepped again and the points were shared. It meant Arsenal's 11-game winning run came to an end, but remained fourth in the Premier League after a hard-fought London derby. 75% of Arsenal's Premier League goals this season have come in the second half, 18 out of 24. All five of Granit Xhaka's Premier League goals have come from outside the penalty area. The Gunners have not been leading a game at half-time in the league this season. Orber has scored with each of his last six shots on goal in the Premier League. Crystal Palace Hennessy, number 13. Wambasaka, number 29. Tompkins, number 5. Sarko, number 12. Van Arnold, number 3. Townsend, number 10. 
Kuwati, number eight, subbed off in the 88th minute. Milivojevic, number four. MacArthur, number 18, subbed off in the 61st minute. AU, number 14, subbed off in the 64th minute, yellow card. Zaha, number 11. Substitutes. Guita, number 31. Kelly, number 34. Schlupp, number 15. Reedwald, number 44. Meyer, number 7, substituted on in the 61st minute. Sorloth, number 9, substituted on in the 64th minute. Huncheon, number 42, substituted on in the 88th minute. Arsenal. Leno, number 19. Bellerin, number 2, substituted off in the 46th minute. Mustafi, number 20. Holding, number 16. Xhaka, number 34. Torreira, number 11. Guenzozi, number 29. Yellow card. Iwobi, number 17. Ozil, number 10, substituted off in the 68th minute. Abemiang, number 14, substituted off in the 78th minute. Lacazette, number 9. Substitutes, Czech, number 1. Lichsteiner, number 12, substituted on in the 46th minute. Yellow card. Socrates, number 5. Ramsey, number 8, substituted on in the 78th minute. Mkhitaryan, number 7. Smith Rowe, number 55. Welbeck, number 23, substituted on in the 62nd minute. The Arsenal Foundation. My story. The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation has helped fund Ball Out, a local outdoor community basketball coaching programme and tournament. Competitor Jack Gibbs, 29, tells us how it's helping raise the profile of wheelchair basketball. I'm originally from Chelmsford, Essex, but these days I live in Hanover, Germany, where I play professional wheelchair basketball. I live here with my girlfriend who is expecting a baby in February. I got into wheelchair basketball while I was in hospital after I had a moped crash with a reckless driver when I was 16. It left me paralysed from the waist down and sport was a big part of my rehab. Later I decided to set up a team called High Rollers as I've travelled around the world with basketball and I've seen how to make our sport in this country more accessible and most importantly more fun. I saw a post about Ball Out on Facebook so contacted Julius, the organiser, to find out if there was a wheelchair category to sign up to. There wasn't but he gave us the opportunity to showcase our game in front of real basketball players and fans who really appreciated the chance to see how we play. So, High Rollers travelled from Essex to Manchester to do a 3x3 wheelchair demo at the preliminary round for the ball-out tournament. Then a few weeks later we travelled to Turnpike Lane to do a full showcase game in front of everyone taking part in the finals. It was one of the coolest settings we've played in as a team and the best crowd we have played in front of. 
I love the competitiveness and being part of a team, which makes you want to improve for them and also for yourself. Also, if you have a basketball in your hands, you can never be bored, and that inspires me to be the best player I can be. The benefits of wheelchair basketball are priceless to the people involved. The first time I went to a session with my first club, Essex Outlaws, I made friends for life and learned life lessons within minutes of being there. I just hope high rollers can give the same opportunity to others. From becoming fitter to having a purpose and a reason to get up, this sport can really change lives. My ambition, beyond marrying my girlfriend and being a great dad, is to get high rollers competing in the Euro Cup, which, if everything goes to plan, should take five years. Julius gave us a great opportunity at Ball Out, and he's still helping now, giving me pointers on how to find sponsors for our team. The work he does is great, and so is the work of the Arsenal Foundation. I've seen some of the things they do, and I hope they keep up the good work. For more info, visit ball-out.co.uk and high-rollers.uk. Arsenal Women Joe Montemuro's Gunners go clear at the top of the WSL ahead of a busy international break. Words by Michael Donlevy Women's Super League Sunday, October 28th at Meadow Park. Bristol City nil, Arsenal 4. Nobbs scored in the 13th minute. Medema scored in the 41st minute and the 89th minute. Vanderdog scored in the 90th minute. Arsenal maintain their devastating form and move three points clear at the top of the WSL table with a game in hand thanks to a 4-0 win at Bristol City last Sunday. Manager Joe Montemuro recalled Sari van Beenendal in goal with Lee Williamson, Louise Quinn and Emma Mitchell filling the defence positions in a 3-2-3-2 formation. Dominic Bloodworth and Leah Walty patrolled the midfield behind Lisa Evans, Danielle van der Donk and Katie McCarvey while Jordan Nobbs played an advanced role alongside Vivian Medema. The Gunners controlled the game from the start and took the lead on 13 minutes when Williamson burst forward and floated in across to Nobbs, who fired low past Sophie Bagale. The skipper then turned provider late in the first half as she released Medema, who found the bottom corner. Arsenal continued to attack after the break, as the inspired Bagale denied Medema three times in quick succession. The Vixens goalkeeper made save after save but couldn't keep the Gunners out forever and Medema finally made it 3-0 in the 89th minute, guiding a header into the far corner. That was her 11th league goal in the season in just six matches and her 14th in total. The Dutch international second goal had been set up by van der Donk, who grabbed a goal of her own in injury time after Bagley could only parry Evan's shot. The win moves the Gunners three points clear of Manchester City who were held to a 1-1 draw at home to Reading. With a game in hand, Arsenal are in action again at 12.30pm tomorrow at home to Birmingham City. Arsenal, the team. Van Wienendahl, Williamson, Quinn. Mitchell, subbed for Samuelson in the 64th minute. Bloodworth, Walty, Evans, Van der Donk, Maccabe, Nobbs, Medema. Subs not used, Periard Mangan, Kuken, Mead. Gunners set for World Cup battle. 
Unfortunately, they can't all be winners, but we wish the best of luck to our Dutch quartet and Swiss star Leah Walty as they prepare to meet in the World Cup qualifying playoff final in the coming days. The Dutch, whose squad features Sari van Wienendal, Dominic Bloodworth, Danielle van der Donk and Vivian Medema, host Switzerland next Friday. November 9th at 7pm, with the return leg taking place on Tuesday, November 13th at 6pm. More Arsenal stars in international action. Jordan Nobbs, Lee Williamson and Beth Mead all in the England squad for next week's friendlies against Austria and Sweden. And manager Phil Neville has also called up former Arsenal striker Chiamu Umbugagu, who previously played for the United States under-23s. Ubergagu, who is currently on loan at Brisbane Raw from Orlando Pride, made 19 appearances for the Gunners in 2015 and scored seven goals, including the 3-0 Continental Cup final win over Notts County. The international friendlies have come too soon for Austria captain Victoria Schneiderbeck, who is still recovering from a knee injury she suffered in pre-season. But Jessica Samuelson has been recalled to the Sweden squad, having overcome the foot injury that sidelined her for most of last season. Meanwhile, Lisa Evans and Emma Mitchell are in the Scotland squad to face world champions the United States in Paisley on November 13th. The Visitors Liverpool An in-depth look at today's opposition, including the latest news from Anfield, the key players, historical info, plenty of stats and some eclectic facts. The 2018-19 season has begun extremely brightly for Liverpool, especially in the Premier League, where they remain unbeaten after 10 matches and sit second on goal difference behind Manchester City with 26 points out of a possible 30. For the first time in the club's history, they won each of their opening six league games with only respectable draws against Chelsea away and Manchester City at home checking their progress. It is, of course, a source of lasting frustration to Liverpool fans that their club has never won the Premier League title. The last time they were champions of England for the 18th time was in the old First Division back in 1989-1990. They have come second in the Premier League on three occasions, in 2001-2, 2008-9 and 2013-14, but haven't finished in the top three in any of the last four seasons, coming fourth in each of manager Jurgen Klopp's first two full seasons at the helm. Given the team's formidable start, there's a growing sense that 2018-19 could finally be Liverpool's year. The major criticism levelled at them in recent campaigns was an inability to consistently take three points off teams in the lower half of the table. But they have been faultless in that regard this term from the moment they beat West Ham 4-0 at Anfield on the opening day of the season. Led like last season, by their formidable three-man forward line of Mohamed Salah, Roberto Firmino and Sadio Mane, Liverpool can be an irresistible attacking force. On top of that, the club added shrewdly to the depth of their squad this summer with the acquisition for a sum total 
of roughly £160 million of four players. Goalkeeper Alisson from Roma, midfielders Fabinho from Monaco and Nabi Keita, Leipzig and from closer to home, Zahedrin Shakiri, Stoke. The Reds' ambitions may be centred on the Premier League, but they will be eager to lift the trophy of any description given that they have won only one of significance this decade, the 2012 League Cup. Since Klopp came to the club three years ago, they have reached three cup finals but lost the lot, most recently going down 3-1 to Real Madrid in last season's Champions League final in Kiev at the end of a thrilling campaign in which they decisively eliminated Manchester City. One route to silverware this season has already been closed, following elimination by Chelsea from the Carabao Cup, but they currently top a tough Champions League group and will be confident of qualifying for the knockout phase, despite the fact that Napoli and Paris Saint-Germain are hard on their heels. Klopp's men beat Red Star Belgrade 4-0 at Anfield last time out and will probably need to complete the double over the Serbian champions next Tuesday to remain in pole position in Group C. Community. 33 years in the community. Using the power of Arsenal to positively impact the lives of young people since 1985. Twitter in the community. At AFC Community. Who at all the pies? It certainly wasn't our at PL Communities Football Plus boys who enjoyed a healthy eating workshop with Jeff the Chef following their half-term match with Tufnell Park FC. There is a photograph in the hard copy of the programme of this workshop. Instagram in the community at Arsenal underscore in underscore the underscore community. Sometimes all you need is a role model. Our at PL Communities girls session at at Stokey School happens every Monday night. This week there was a treat in store. At Daniel Carter dropped in to meet the girls and donate a pair of boots to one lucky pupil. Hashtag day of the girl. And there is a photograph in the hard copy of that happening. Free Modern Languages Resources for Schools We are delighted to announce our new range of Arsenal Double Club Intermediate Level Resources are now available to all UK schools free of charge. The new Intermediate Level Resources replace the former Secondary Booklets and are available online only to all UK schools. These resources, available in French, German and Spanish, vary from Upper Key Stage 2 right the way through to Key Stage 5, depending on your student's ability. Resources include downloadable worksheets, authentic texts, videos of native-speaking Arsenal players, PowerPoints and more. The materials will be continually updated throughout the course of the school year with termly updates communicated on our Twitter page at AFC Double Club. Visit www.arsenaldoubleclub.co.uk 
and sign up as a digital member to receive free access to our range of online resources. Please note, the content and format of the materials may vary depending on the language. Beginners Level Pupil Workbooks Still Available Our regular Beginners Level Pupil Workbooks are still available for schools to purchase. They're a great way to introduce pupils to a new language or reinforce their existing knowledge and keep them motivated. The activities have been designed for beginners or learners with a low level of knowledge, regardless of their age. The materials are suitable for boys and girls and require no prior knowledge of Arsenal or football. Included within the beginners' level materials are enhanced teacher's notes, which guide you through the pupil workbook and offer engaging techniques to extend the activities, challenging pupils to develop their communicative skills. Schools also receive a coaching guide, which contains a wide range of practical sessions to carry out in the playground, incorporating the language and reinforcing what pupils have learned in the classroom. Bring your pupils for a language day visit to Emirates Stadium. At the end of the programme, participating schools have the option to bring their students to Emirates Stadium, home of Arsenal Football Club, for a unique language day visit. The day begins with a trip to the Arsenal Museum, followed by a tour of Emirates Stadium with a multilingual member of the Arsenal in the community staff. Here, pupils are encouraged to practice their language skills while they visit areas such as the director's box, media rooms and changing rooms and go pitch side to see the famous turf from the manager's perspective. The tour provides insight into the language skills of Arsenal players together with the importance of languages off the pitch during the day-to-day operations at the club. Throughout the tour, pupils complete a quiz entirely in the target language to earn a prize at the end of the day. All attending pupils receive a certificate for their participation. A language day visit lasts around two hours and schools can choose a morning or afternoon visit. These take place Monday to Friday during term time only, excluding home match days. Only pupils who have completed the programme are able to attend the language day visit. Life at the top. Aaron Ramsey. Arsenal have spent 100 years at the very highest level of league football in this country. But how did our players scale the heights to get to the top of their profession? We find out. Can you remember your first encounter with football? I was very young, maybe three or four, when I first got interested in football. I can't remember it, but my mum has told me the story. I went down to an under-16 team. They said I was too young to join the team, but I could join in that session. I did really well, but they said I had to come back when I was older. That was my first encounter with the sport. Where did the interest come from? I wanted to go along and get involved because I was always an active child and we were a sporty family. My mum played hockey and my dad played football. I was brought up with it, and I also played rugby, cricket, basketball, did athletics. I tried a bit of everything. It was better than lessons. Where did you play as a youngster? What were the pitches like? 
We would play anywhere, on the streets, using drains as goalposts, using garden walls, anywhere. We would play on concrete, or else we would go to the green at the end of the street. Sometimes we would go over to the pitches as well. It was mainly the same group of us every time. What was the first team you played for? It was called Erd, a local team, and I was seven or eight. What position did you play? I played a bit of every position at that age, but I always liked to be involved in the play, similar to what I like to do now. So I often played in midfield. What was your best game as a kid? We got to a few tournaments, played in finals and things like that. We lost a couple, but I don't remember any particular game. My mum and dad do, but I don't. Who were your early influences and coaches? His name was Gary Lewis, and he took the after-school sessions at the Erd Leisure Centre. I was too young for it, but I still turned up and played, and he thought I did well, so invited me to play for the local team. I went to a Welsh school, and this was part of a Welsh development programme. We had the option to go there, and Gary also ran his own team at the weekend. Eventually, he got the job in the Cardiff Academy and brought a load of us over with him. What was the biggest sacrifice you had to make? I think my parents made the biggest sacrifices. They would go to work all day, make sure we were fed, then after school they would be driving me around everywhere, waiting for me to train for an hour and a half, then do the journey back two or three times a week. You end up travelling the country, playing games every week. And they were always there, supporting me. So they made the biggest sacrifices. When I got older, in my teenage years, that's when I had to be sensible and focus on one thing, which was trying to make it as a professional footballer. Looking back, was there a key moment early in your career? You have a lot of ups and downs in football. Certain things go through your head and you're still not sure what you want at that age. But I was always quite driven. I'd started playing rugby before that and had to make a decision quite early and I decided to give absolutely everything to football. I've never looked back since. Did you ever have any moments when you doubted yourself? Yes, sometimes, but it always went very quickly. I've never fallen out of love with the sport. As I was growing, I picked up a few injuries and it can be tough, but I never questioned that I wanted to keep doing it. What are your memories of when you signed pro? It was just after my 17th birthday, as soon as I could sign, basically. My mum, dad and brother were with me that day. I was really excited. I remember feeling very proud that I'd achieved what I set out to do, becoming a professional footballer. But then I knew it was just the beginning. I was already in the Cardiff first team at that stage, so I was already around men's football and seeing what I had to do. That was what was driving me on. You'd already made your first team debut, hadn't you? Yes, and that was crazy. I was still in school, and my teacher came up to me and said, Cardiff had called to get permission for me to join up with the first team at the weekend. I didn't believe him. I thought, if they wanted me to play, they could just call me. I didn't realise they needed the school's permission. My parents said it was true and I was in the squad for the game against Hull. It was the last game of the season, and I came on for five minutes at the end, which was amazing. 
I had just become Cardiff's youngest ever player. For me to still be at school, yet be playing for the first team, was just surreal. I was nervous and I also remember I had a dodgy haircut. On the morning of the game, I'd asked my friend to cut my hair, so he tried to shave it. It didn't work properly and he ended up shaving a big chunk out of it. I had to go with a sort of Jared look because I had a big mop of hair at the time. I wanted to look a bit more well-groomed, but it backfired massively. Throughout the game, I was itching to come off the bench, and I was thinking it wouldn't happen. I reckon I only touched the ball two or three times, but I remember the crowd giving me a massive ovation every time. It was really nice. A dream come true to play for the first team at Ninian Park. It's what I always wanted to do. What has been your best moment as a pro since then? There's been a few, like captaining my country, getting to the semi-finals of the European Championship, scoring two FA Cup winners. I think they are biggest achievements so far. And hopefully there are many more to come. And your worst? Obviously the injury. I was out for just under a year with that, although probably longer with the psychological side as well. That was the toughest time for me. How similar is your style of play now to when you were a kid? I think it's similar. If I speak to my parents, they say I'm the same. I always wanted to be involved. I can run all day, always have energy. I could be tackling one minute and then getting on the end of something the next. That's always been my game, naturally, and how I'm most comfortable playing. Has anything changed? I think I always wanted to drive the team forward, looking to create and score goals. What I've had to improve most over the years is the defensive side, positioning and things like that. I've worked hard on that through the years. Do you still love the sport as much now as you did? Yes, of course. I go out every week trying to do the best I can and trying to achieve as much as I can in my career. I know a player's career is short and you have to make the most of every single opportunity you get given. What surprised you about being a pro footballer? When I first started, there was no social media, really. It was just starting. And that's massive now. There are positives and negatives to that. For some players who are young and just starting out, it can affect them. But it's good to interact with the fans. And if you manage it well, it could be a real positive. Would you want your kids to go into a life in football? It's totally up to them. If my sonny wants to pursue it, it's totally up to him. But there's no pressure from me or his mother. We try and encourage him to do as many things as possible so he can figure out what he likes. So it will be up to him. At the moment, though, I can say that he does like football. Match Action. Wednesday, October 31st, 2018. 7.45pm. Emirates Stadium. Carabao Cup, fourth round. Attendance, 48,168. Arsenal 2, Blackpool 1. Match stats for Arsenal. Total shots, 12. Shots on target, 2. Corners, 6. Offsides, 4. Fouls, 13. Possession, 63%. Match stats for Blackpool. Total shots, 5. Shots on target, 1. Corners, 6. Offsides, 5. Fouls, 10. Possession, 37%. First half. 
The Gunners booked their place in the Carabao Cup quarterfinals with a narrow win over a battling Blackpool side. There were some notable names on the team sheet with Julio Peguazalo making his debut in defence and Petr Cech, Carl Jenkinson and Ainsley Maitland-Niles all returning from injury. It was perhaps inevitable that a much-changed team would take time to find their rhythm, but the Gunners gradually took control. Matteo Guendalzi was pulling the strings against a resolute Blackpool defence, and it was his lofted pass that Stefan Lichtensteiner diverted into the bottom corner to net his first goal in the club on 34 minutes. Second half. Arsenal had dominated possession without creating too many clear-cut chances in the first half, but it took just four minutes for the hosts to double their lead after the break. Former Arsenal Academy goalkeeper Mark Howard could only palm away Cole Jenkinson's shot and Emil Smith-Rowe was on hand to score his second goal and first at the Emirates, in only his third start. What should have been a comfortable victory became more difficult when Gwen Dalsey was sent off for a second yellow card on 56 minutes and Blackpool pulled a goal back 10 minutes later when Paul D. O'Connor headed in from a corner. But he too was sent off late on and the Gunners held out. The Gunners have reached the League Cup quarterfinals for the third season in a row. At 34, Stephen Lichtensteiner is the oldest player to score a competitive goal for Arsenal since Sol Campbell, 35, v Porto in 2010. Matteo Guenzozzi is the first Arsenal player to be sent off in the League Cup since Denison against Blackburn 11 years ago. Arsenal. Czech, number one. Lichtensteiner, number 12. Mustafi, number 20. Pleguzelo, number 53. Jenkinson, number 25, yellow card. Ramsey, number 8. Gwendalzi, number 29, red card. Smith Rowe, number 55, substituted off in the 73rd minute. Maitland Niles, number 15, substituted off in the 60th minute. Welbeck, number 23, substituted off in the 76th minute. Mkhitaryan, number 7. Substitutes, Martinez, number 26, Holding, number 16, Torreira, number 11, substituted on in the 60th minute, Willock, number 59, Iwobi, number 17, substituted on in the 73rd minute, Aubameyang, number 14, substituted on in the 76th minute, Nicotia, number 49. Blackpool, Howard, number 1, Nottingham, number 12, substituted off in the 65th minute, Henningarn, number 6. O'Connor, number 5, red card. Bowler, number 27. Spearing, number 8. Thompson, number 15, yellow card. Guy, number 25, substituted off in the 86th minute. Turton, number 20. Feeney, number 24, substituted off in the 79th minute. Defonzo, number 7. Substitutes, Mafombi, number 37. Pritchard, number 14, substituted on the 65th minute. McLaughlin, number 17. O'Sullivan, number 18, substituted on the 86th minute. Taylor, number 19. Dodu, number 11. Cullen, number 9, substituted on the 79th minute. My Arsenal. For you, by you. We hear about your heroes, hangouts and heart-stopping moments. Email program at arsenal.co.uk for your My Arsenal questionnaire. This issue, it's student Tom Binks, 20, from London. Why are you an Arsenal fan? My dad grew up surrounded by Leeds fans and wanted something different. 
He saw Charlie George play once and he was hooked. First game, Arsenal 2, Inter Milan 1 in 2007. Favourite game, Arsenal 2, Leicester City 1. An amazing atmosphere when Danny Welbeck scored that winner. Favourite place to eat before a game. The Jerk Kitchen on Drayton Park. Where's the best place in the stadium to watch a game from? The North Bank, although the seats by the Milan fans last season were interesting. What do you wear to games? I usually wear my 2014 home kit with Mertesacker on the back. Obviously red socks too. Whose name and number would you have on the back of your shirt now? This season it has to be Ozil, 10. Favourite ever Arsenal shirt, the 2014 away kit. All-time favourite player and why, Freddie Jungberg was the first name I ever got on my shirt and he linked up so well with our attackers. Do you have an Arsenal cult hero? You've only come to see Ebue. Best Arsenal goal you've ever seen live? Aaron Ramsey versus CSKA Moscow. Have you ever met any players? I met Martin Keown outside the stadium the same day I met Perry Groves in a box for a mate's birthday. I also met several players after I won the Lucky Numbers competition at the Ostersunds game. That was surreal, especially realising I was taller than everyone else. Which current Arsenal player would you most like to go for dinner with? Hector Bellerin would be very interesting. He's young and knows how to enjoy himself, but he also comes across as very intelligent. If you could erase one Arsenal moment from history, what would it be? The 2011 League Cup final. That Oberfabi Martins winner still haunts me. If you could be present at any Arsenal match in history, which would it be and why? Anfield 89. The personalities in that dressing room combined with the drama in that game makes it the only option. My top five favourite players. One, Jungberg. Two, Ozil. Three, Henri. Four, Bergkamp. Five, Giroud. Favourite games. One, Arsenal. Two, Leicester. One, 2016. Two, Arsenal. Three, Manchester United. Nil, 2015. Three, Arsenal. Three, Hull. Two, 2014 FA Cup Final. Four, Real Madrid. Nil, Arsenal 1, 2006. 5. Manchester City 0, Arsenal 2, 2015. Favourite goals. 1. Wilshire v Norwich, 2013. 2. Henri v Real Madrid, 2006. 3. Giroud v West Ham, 2014. 4. Rosicki v Spurs, 2014. 5. Fabregas v Spurs, 2009. Reasons to love Arsenal. 1. No team plays beautiful football like us. 2. Victoria, Concordia, Cresset. Victory through harmony like no other team. 3. The class shown by the club is impeccable. 4. Where else can you see Mesut Ozil play? 5. Record breakers, history makers. Teams for Arsenal had coach Unai Emery, red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts, and red and white socks. 
1. Petra Cech, goalkeeper. 2. Hector Bellerin. 4. Mohamed Elneny. 5. Socrates Papastathopoulos. 6. Laurent Koscielny. 7. Henrik Mikatarian. 8. Aaron Ramsey. 9. Alexandre Lacazette. 10. Mesut Ozil. 11. Lukas Torreira. 12. Stephen Lichsteiner. 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. 15. Angely Maitland-Niles. 16. Rob Holding. 17. Alexei Wobi. 18. Nacho Monreal. 19. Bernd Leno, goalkeeper. 20. Schroeder Mustafi. 23. Danny Welbeck. 25. Carl Jenkinson. 26. Emiliano Martinez, goalkeeper. 27. Konstantinos Mavrapanos. 29. Matur Gunduzi. 31. Seat Kolasinac. 34. Granit Xhaka. 49. Eddie Nketiah. 53. Julio Plegozuelo. 55. Emil Smith-Rowe. For Liverpool, manager Jurgen Klopp. Violet shirt, shorts and socks. 2. Nathaniel Klein. 3. Fabinho. 4. Virgil van Dijk. 5. Jorginho Wijnaldum. 6. Dejan Lovren. 7. James Milner. 8. Nabi Keita. 9. Roberto Firmino. 10. Sadio Mane. 11. Mohamed Salah. 12. Joe Gomez. 13. Alisson, goalkeeper. 14. Jordan Henderson. 15. Daniel Sturridge. 18. Alberto Marino. 20. Adam Lalana. 21. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. 22. Simon Mignolet, goalkeeper. 23. Sherdan Shakari. 24. Rian Brewster. 26. Andrew Robertson. 27. Divoch Origi. 29. Dominic Solanke. 32. Joel Matip. 47. Nathaniel Phillips. 48. Curtis Jones. 50. Lazar Markovic. 62. Kaumin Kelleher, goalkeeper. 64. Rafael Camacho. 66. Trent Alexander-Arnold. 68. Pedro Chirivella. 73. Camille Grabara, goalkeeper. Officials, referee Andre Mariner. Assistant referees, Scott Ledger, Simon Long. Fourth official, Michael Oliver. Fixtures. Today's other fixtures, 3pm unless stated. Bournemouth vs Manchester United at 12.30pm. Cardiff City vs Leicester City. Everton vs Brighton and Hove Albion. Newcastle United vs Watford. West Ham United vs Burnley. Wolves vs Tottenham Hotspur at 7.45pm. The Arsenal Foundation. Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. Invented in the lab, proven on the pitch. Fuel like the Gunners. Gatorade, number one sports drink in the world. The official sports drink of Arsenal Football Club.
Science Paradise, above and below the Indian Ocean. From crystal clear waters and coral reefs to pristine beaches and spectacular resorts. Choose from four destinations in the Indian Ocean on Emirates.com. Emirates. Vitality. Health and Life Insurance. Health and Life Insurance with up to 50% off monthly gym membership. Adjoining fee will apply. Vitality.co.uk slash rewards. Official wellness partner. Arsenal Vitality. 50% off with Vitality Health Plans. 40% off with Vitality Life Plans with Vitality Optimizer or Wellness Optimizer for an additional £3.80 per month. Minimum monthly premiums and further terms and conditions apply. Virgin Active. Flexible individual monthly membership. Excludes Virgin Active, Chiswick Riverside Health and Racket Club. Nuffield Health Fitness and Wellbeing Clubs applies to one-month contracts. Visit vitality.co.uk slash gym for further details and participating gyms across the National Vitality Partner Gym Network. Vitality Health and Vitality Life are trading names of Vitality Corporate Services Limited, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority.